Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and I've built a set of mathematical models named Sideline that predict various sports outcomes. Know more about the model during the course of this episode. Set to cover six Major League Baseball games scheduled to be played on Saturday, April 22nd, 2023. Get you in here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickstheprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. Also, if you're interested in projections and picks for every single game, sign up on Dub Club. That link is in the show description. Even if you're not there, still thrilled to have you here. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show projects a typical game. It does not try to forecast it to a T, as that would be a foolish and impossible goal. We'll take a long-term view around here. The concept being... I'm always talking about, imagine if a game were to be played 100 times, how are those going to play out? We know we're going to get some weird ones at tails of distributions at times, but we're trying to figure out on average what happens. That's the long-term strategy. We know we're going to win some. We know we're going to lose some. And honestly, as I mentioned before, we're okay losing some. That's, that's not a bad thing. Obviously, if I knew which ones, right, we wouldn't do that. But the concept is when we say 60%, we do want that team to win 6 out of 10 times. And obviously, they don't play that game 10 times, but we can track our accuracy by saying when I say 60% of all the games is 60%, how close are we? And that's what I track throughout the season. Not a lot of data on it yet, but I will update as the season goes along just how I get the model is because when we say 60%, we want 60%. We want to be able to trust that number because then we can play the 60% games at minus 130 and the 40% ones at plus 170, and that's going to make us a long-term profit. So again, we understand there's going to be some winners and losers. We understand there's going to be some good variants and bad variants. We're not going to have a winning day every single day. But in the long run, that's where we're heading. Again, so far, the A grades have been fantastic. I do think the B grades will catch up. Got a lot of B grades here to talk about today on a slate uh, with a lot of really good pitching matchups. So I'm excited for that. Otherwise, you'll see different background again. We're going to be nomads this whole year. It's going to be a wild year. Uh, this one, we're at a, at a friend's basement, Indiana. Um, it's cold in basements, y'all. Like, I haven't, you don't do basements in Texas. So uh, we did have a basement in one of our houses in Indiana when we lived here previously, but uh, kind of forgot how cold they are. So, I mean, we're going to get right to this because I'm like about to start shivering with how cold it is out here. It's April. I'm, it's like, you know, 90 degrees back home. So I'm not used to this. <laughs> but again, a great Saturday slate. Really looking forward to it. A lot of good pitching duels. But first, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you'll miss any college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. In the way I'm scaling things, A-grade money line plays return four units as the risk plus win equals four. That way we risk proportionally more on favorites than dogs. B-grade return three, C return two. In that way, we don't take any big minus plays or big plus plays off the table. We just risk a little bit more, a little bit less, and it's not quite as extreme as flat betting. That's the problem with the flat betting is if you're risking a full unit on a plus 250, it's kind of extreme to put that full unit when you you'd win one and then you basically blew it away on a dog that didn't stand a chance, right? So this way we kind of proportion out a little bit better. It's the way I like to do it, but with the scaling and with the picks, as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Got the games all throughout the day. It should be a fantastic day of action. Going to give you a little bit of everything here and try to mainly talk about the really exciting pitching matchups here. 1 p.m. Eastern, Blue Jays at the Yankees. Weather-wise, we should be in the mid-60s for the entirety of this game with the wind blowing in. 
at 10 to 15 miles an hour, that's going to really help these two pitchers out. One of them I don't think needs any help. The other one might. Alec Manoa and Garrett Cole. Manoa obviously had a fantastic year last year, but his rating has actually dropped back down in my system to about league average. He's been terrible in his four starts so far, and the underlying metrics have not been kind to him. The underlying metrics didn't really like him that much last year. I tended to fade him a lot, and he did perform really well, but the underlying numbers just kept saying there's something not right with this. He's due to kind of get hit around a little bit. So far this season, that's what's happened. Garrett Cole, on the other hand, 0.95 ERA in four starts. The underlying metrics, well, obviously saying that that's a little bit unrealistic. Project him down in the low twos. The system projects him going forward around three. He's the second best pitcher in Major League Baseball, and he's he, he's approaching DeGrom in the sense that no one's actually approaching DeGrom, but he's getting closer than anybody else has gotten at this point in the ratings. Uh, still nowhere near him, but really kind of distinguishing himself as the second best pitcher. Last time out, he was fantastic. He's averaging over seven innings a start. And we haven't seen that from him since his vintage Astros days uh, where he was actually get linked as well. And if he can get linked with how dominant he is, I mean, he, he literally, you know, could challenge that number one pitcher in baseball spot. And, he, you know, he's just so good. There's really just nothing else to say for him. I'm back in the Yankees here. I love backing Cole. And at this point, I kind of like fading Manoa. As I have mentioned, the Blue Jays do have an edge offensively. The Yankees offense is solid, but the Blue Jays offense is really good. But the Yankees have an edge at the bullpen. And it's just a really, big difference between Cole and Manoa. I think people won't realize just how big that is. Kind of as always, we are paying a bit of a Yankees tax, but I'm still backing them here at minus 140. It's a B grade. Sideline says it should be Yankees minus 150. So that 60% win probability, anything minus 150 or better, the model says a good investment. And given the fact that we usually have to pay a Yankees tax, I'm extremely excited to be playing the Yankees here at a B grade play. Doesn't quite get to an A grade. Needing to get into the mid minus one thirties for that. I don't think we will see that, but backing Colt is definitely something I want as a part of my portfolio. You never know exactly how a game is going to play out. And again, the model says four out of 10 times the Blue Jays win this one, but that seems even a little bit high to me. I kind of think it's more three and a half out of 10 to three out of 10. The way Cole's pitching, the women know is pitching. Well, the Blue Jays offense is really good. A good pitcher can shut them down. We saw it um, with the Ashers a couple times here. This could easily be uh, another vintage Garrett Cole star. He's going to be up against it with a tough offense, but I think he's up for the task. So back the Yankees here, minus 140. Again, beat grade value. Total in this one is 7.5. Model says 7.6. And given how concerned I am about Manoa, I would not be playing the game under, but you could take the Blue Jays team total under as that's been a strong way to go in all of Cole's starts. 4 p.m. Central Rockies, the Phillies, kind of the uh, black sheep of the games here that I'm covering. It's not one of the high profile ones, but I did want to talk about this one because I haven't mentioned before. And I think it holds pretty true for the most part. You want to be fading the Rockies on the road. Of course, this Phillies team, I don't really know what to make of them. They've had a couple moments where they've looked good. Like they're going to get back on track, but they've been just overall really terrible. Throwing Christopher Sanchez, a lefty, the Rockies are better against lefties. They're throwing Kyle Freeland. Who's one of their better pitchers. This is a game that I'm still fading the Rockies on the road for the most part. If you fade them, you're going to be profitable. And at home is more the chance for you to back them because their strong home field advantage has lasted lasted since their entirety, given that their players kind of know how to handle that altitude a little bit better than the opposing team does. Uh, But this is only a C grade. And I wanted to talk about it simply because I wanted to make sure that we were kind of on the same page here and that a lot of times I am fading the Rockies a little bit heavier away from home. But that is not the case here. This is a, I guess I'll play it at minus 170 type play. But it's not what I'm really excited about. Christopher Sanchez, not great. And it's going to turn into mostly a bullpen game, which is okay. The Phillies bullpen is decent. But throwing a lefty out there gives the Rockies a little bit more of a chance. Freeland's not a terrible pitcher. The underlying metrics suggest his ERA should not be 
quite as low as it is, but he's not bad. And with the way the Phillies team has been playing, I just don't like paying a big price. So I'm on the Phillies here at minus 170, but it's only a C-grade pick. It's one of the weakest fades we've had at the Rockies on the road, and that's why I thought it was worth talking about here to say that this is not one to just blindly fade them heavily. Many of you are probably already thinking that given the way this Phillies team has played. Again, I'm recording this on Friday afternoon, so who knows how they look on uh, Friday night with Nola going and then Sunday with Wheeler going. You got two chances to really fade the Rockies pretty heavily against two stud pitchers, but Saturday's not a game that I would be doing that in. Again, on them just very weakly here at minus 170. Sideline says it should be minus 169. The Phillies win this about 63% of the time. So the side I'd rather be on, but I just don't want to pay too big of a price. And if this gets too much higher, it just becomes a straight pass. But in fact, the play I would be looking here is the over. I am seeing nine and a half. I'd love a nine if you could get it, but I don't think you are. But sideline projects 10.4 and just expects a lot of runs here. This Phillies offense is still decent. Going to be wind blowing out at 15 to 20 miles an hour for this game. We're going to start off pretty warm in the mid-70s. It will cool off to the mid-60s by the time the game finishes. But we're going to have a little bit warmer weather, especially to start strong winds blowing out. Not a lot of great pitching anywhere around. The offense should be able to get us to a more high-scoring game. So the play I do like on this one is the over. Again, would love over 9, but still think over 9.5 is not a bad play, as the model indicates, 10.4. Also, for PM Eastern, White Sox at the Rays. Great pitching matchup here. Dylan Cease and Shane McClanahan. Model, again, still doesn't think Cease is quite at McClanahan's level. That's part of the reason why we're on the Rays here at minus 180. Sideline says it should be minus 184, that the Rays win 65% of the time, and that the Rays have the better bullpen, the better offense. They're at home and the better starting pitcher. So so the model's okay laying a bit of a price. Only a B-grade value, though, because we're really hoping more for something in the low, you know, around minus 170 or so for that A grade. And I kind of agree with the model here in that the value proposition, it's just too steep of a price to fade CSET. I know a lot of you are going to look at this, the plus odds on CSET and say, oh, when you get a chance to do that and you're going to back CSET the plus odds. And I get where that's coming from. Here's my counter to that. While CSET does have a nice 2.01 ERA, the advanced metrics suggest that it should be more in the mid threes. That's where he's projected. Again, very, very good. Just not quite great like McClanahan. McClanahan's underlying metrics are also a little bit you know, less excited than his 157 ERA, but more put his ERA that it should be in the upper twos. So I understand the concept of, hey, Dylan Cease doesn't get these big plus odds that often, but he's on the road against one of the better starters in baseball, Shane McClanahan being a top, you know, maybe top five, but definitely top 10 starting pitcher right now in baseball. Cease doesn't have really any support behind him in the bullpen. And that's kind of hurt because so far he's gone under six innings per start. And he's had these issues last year where he'll only go five innings at a decent number of starts. And if so, not a lot of bullpen help behind him. And again, offensively, he's going to be facing a really good raise offense while McClanahan gets to face a very average White Sox offense. You know, White Sox have to score for you to cash that bad if you're backing Cease. So it's just not a play that I, I could get comfortable with at the plus odds I'm seeing now around plus 155. I'd be looking for something more in the plus 200 range. If I could get that, I would take Cease. Obviously, you and I both know we're probably not going to get that. So again, raise the play here. It's raise or pass, in my opinion. And again, minus 180. Worth an investment in your portfolio. B grade, smaller investment, not a bigger one. But worth it given that McClanahan is so good and the Rays are just so talented up and down the lineup. Obviously, we're in a dome here. Model projects 7.7. Actual total I'm seeing is 7. So again, a lot of people are going to say, oh, Cease McClanahan, let's go under. If Cease only goes five innings and... You know, he kind of comes back to earth a little bit with that ERA. The Rays offense is going to have to put up a few runs. They get a few runs off the bullpen. I don't know. Under seven 
isn't quite as exciting. People talk about first five, you're going to be paying a premium. So it's a total I'm laying off of. I, you know, the model said to go over the last time McClanahan pitched uh, when he faced Toronto, and that game went over. Surprisingly, I wasn't touching it either way, and it's kind of the same thing here. I don't know if it's going to go over or under. It's just not worth the investment at seven, in my opinion, as the model projects 7.7. And this Rays offense is just a lot better than we're accustomed to seeing from Tampa Bay teams. The night game, 6 p.m. Eastern Marlins at the Guardians. Maybe not two premium teams, but two premium starting pitchers, Sandy Alcantara and Shane Bieber. Alcantara has been really rough so far this year in his four outings, only averaging six innings, which is a stark contrast to how many innings he gave last year. His ERA is close to six. Here's the interesting thing. The underlying metrics, while they're better, aren't a ton better. They have him more as an ERA in the mid to upper threes, which is still good, obviously, but it's not where we saw it last year. So he's definitely struggled a little bit this year. Still one of the best pitchers in the game. Shane Bieber's looked pretty solid in his four outings this year. Also one of the best pitchers in the game. Maybe a slight edge to the Marlins starting pitcher, but of course the Indian, the Guardians, excuse me, have a much better bullpen, still a better offense at home. Guardians are still the play here. So I'd like to say should be Guardians minus 140. So minus 130 is a B grade play as is anything in the minus 130s. I'll take the home Guardians here. I just don't have a lot of faith in this Marlins offense still. It has gotten a little bit better than last year, but that's not saying much given how bad it was. If I was looking at two good starting pitchers, though, and looking at a total play under it, this is the game I would be doing it, though. Being able to get under seven is a gift. I think the total should be six and a half. Sidelines has 6.4. We are going to be having winds kind of out but more across than out and the weather's going to be in the upper 40s this is going to be like those guardians playoff games we saw last year where it was just cold and it was hard to get runs the ball just wasn't carrying you're gonna to have to absolutely crush one to get it out and these are two starting pitchers so that's going to be really difficult to do it on and again the guardians have a really good bullpen marlin's bullpen only not good in comparison. It's still an above average set of relievers. So this sets up to be a really low scoring game. So the Guardians at minus 130, solid, worth your investment, as is the under seven. And it's really hard for me to determine which pick I like more between the two of them. I think both of them could be a good investment. Or again, the alternative play, if you like both of those, is take the Marlins team total under. Just assume that they're below average offense against Bieber and those relievers on a cold day. It's going to be hard for the Marlins to score, which I think it will be. So you get a lot of options to attack that one. 7.20 p.m. Eastern, Astros at the Braves. Let's back the Braves again here on Saturday night. B-grade pick at minus 110. Model says it should be Braves minus 120. Almost to an A-grade, which would be at minus 108. At the time of this recording, FanDuel does not have a, have a lineup, but I will see FanDuel a lot of times have those minus 108 on each side for these type of games. And if that's the case, then that minus 108 at FanDuel would get you an A-grade play. Kyle Wright and Fromber Valdez, Astros have the edge of starting pitcher with Fromber. Uh, again, one of the top pitchers in the game, but Kyle Wright's not a bad guy to back. And as I mentioned on yesterday's show, the Braves have better bullpen and a better offense and are at home. I think they should be the slight favorites in this one. This being priced the way it is suggests that Kyle Wright is really far behind from Valdez, and I think he's behind him, but I don't think it's by that much. The ERAs tell a story that they are, but again, ERA tells you a good job of t- does a good job of telling you what did happen and doesn't necessarily tell you a, 
a, a lot about what will happen. Wright's only pitched twice. And Frommer's been great in his four outings. As an Astros fan, I love seeing it 180 ERA. But the underlying metrics say it should be more in the low threes. And while Kyle Wright's ERA is sitting in the sixes, the underlying metrics say it should be in the lower fours. So again, Frommer, the better pitcher. As an Astros fan, I'm well aware of how good he is. But I don't think it's by that much. I'm okay playing the Braves here at a price like this, minus 110. I think it's a pretty good investment. The Braves, like most teams, play really well at home. It's going to be a tough one for the Astros to win. They're going to be really leaning on Fromber, and he can get the job done, but it's not like Kyle Wright, the Braves relievers, and that Braves offense is, you know, in Atlanta. It's going to be an easy test. I think this is going to be a tight ball game, but I lean Braves, so again, playing minus 110 is pretty smart pick. The model says they went almost 55 percent of the time chilly night atlanta mid 60s to start mid 50s to close but the wind will be blowing out though dying down as the night goes along the total i'm seeing is eight and a half sideline says 8.1 that being chilly later on it's gonna be hard to score runs as this game moves along runs are gonna need to happen early on when it's at least in the 60s and the wind's blowing out stronger so if there's not runs early there won't be runs late so if you're a live total player this might be a live under to jump on right around the third or fourth inning the other angle, of course, on this one, if the total does jump up to nine, would love an under nine. Under eight and a half, eh, it's an okay play, but under nine or a live under might be the way to go, just given that I don't see runs happening late in this game at all. When that wind dies down, it gets chilly with these pitchers and the relievers behind them. And then a late one to wrap us up here, 810 Eastern. Padres at the Diamondbacks, the return of Joe Musgrove. Really needing to help the Padres here uh, as they've struggled on a lot, you know, early on in the season, and they really don't have any pitching depth and no help in sight in the minors. So getting him back is huge. First start back, not really sure what to expect. That's part of the reason why I'm comfortable backing the Diamondbacks here with Merrill Kelly, a guy y'all know that I do love. Definitely out per- out pitched his peripherals so far this season, but he tends to do that every year. The underlying metrics aren't as kind to him. That's why he's not rated great according to the model, but I love backing this guy every chance we get, especially at home. The Diamondbacks, slightly better relievers. Offensively, of course, they're behind the Padres, but I'm just not sure what we're going to get from Joe Musgrove. If this is vintage Joe Musgrove, mid-season Joe Musgrove, right? The Padres should win this game, but given it's his first start back, I think this is much closer to a coin toss than anything else. That plus 122 for the Diamondbacks is worth an investment. The model says it should be 116. That qualifies as a B grade. As the model says the Diamondbacks win this one a little over 46% of the time. And again, given the uncertainties around Musgrove, might actually be more like 47, 48%. Again, getting pretty close to a coin toss. Again, Musgrove the better pitcher, but first shot out, just not sure what that's going to do. And that could be the great equalizer along with the game being played in Arizona, giving the Diamondbacks a chance to win this. Again, Kelly's a guy I always love to back. Total, I'm seeing nine or nine and a half. The actual projection from the model, 8.8. So if you think you're going to get a good outing from Musgrove, this might be a good under game to go on, whether you take the bigger plus odds on the under nine or lay a little bit of juice and go under nine and a half. Because again, Kelly at home should be able to handle this Padres offense. Relievers pretty good all the way around. Roof should be closed. That should cool the temperatures down a little bit, making it a little bit more uh, pitcher friendly. And again, if we get a good spark from Joe Musgrove, kind of seems hard for this game to get to nine. I'm not really sure we're going to get from Musgrove, so I'm focusing my attention on backing the Diamondbacks, but as another angle to consider, especially depending on how you feel about a pitcher who's only made, I believe, one 
rehab starting, and I don't think it went really long for him. Or if it was multiple starts, it was because he got re-injured. He's had some issues, needless to say, as someone who, you know, I, I rostered the guy in a fantasy, and I'll be starting in a fantasy, but I am a little bit nervous about what we're going to get. But, you know, when half your starters are hurt, that's what you do. But that's a story for another day. Otherwise, though, that's all I've got for you here today on this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy the sports betting content provided. This channel is dropped right into your feed. Be back again next week with more baseball betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.